0: Hi, I'm Mike, a working dad of two e-boys. And I'm Paul Campbell, also a working dad of two little lads. This is Balancing Dads, a podcast that assumes it's normal for working dads to be present in their kids' lives. Hi, Paul. Hi, Mike. You? How are you? I am a recovered sickie. What sick did you have? Oh, what did I not have? On last Thursday, I woke up and I had a headache and I just felt completely wiped out. I did get up and I did little boy breakfast and that was fine that's around 7am but I went back up the stairs and a little boy had been sick all week and so there was no school time and I basically was taking sick days from work and I lay down back in the bed and I fell asleep and Basically stayed in there for two hours and I woke up and then I stood up to go pee and it felt like my whole body was going to collapse. It was unpleasant.
1: Yeah, that doesn't sound great. Did it have, so were you patient zero? Did you catch that from the children or did you
0: infect the children or what? I think I caught a bug. I think something happened. In Montessori school, there was something going around. A cough was picked up. A runny nose was picked up. Then bad went to worse. So he he had, had issues over the weekend, and then we sent him to school, Montessori school, on Monday. And, oh, dear. then he, I got a call in the afternoon to say he hadn't eaten his lunch, and he was very dopey. So I drove around and picked him up, and he was super clingy and not great form and then that basically every day that week he went from bad to worse and we went into the modern day is it viral is it bacterial loop have you experienced that
1: yeah it's it's always fun we just i don't know like the treatment
0: for everything appears to be cowbell (laughs) Uh. it's it's, modern medicine is a miracle isn't it just like give them (laughs) painkillers
1: Yeah, pretty much. Well, I think cowpole being paracetamol more based helps reduce the temperature and yes, stuff as definitely. well. So that's that's the fun that we have. Um, yeah, we've had a similar sort of, I guess, week in a bit where two year old was ill and off nursery for most of last week, and then got back this week. But it's still, I mean, he's coughing a lot, but he's a bit sort of under the weather. But he's kind of fine enough to be at nursery. <laughs> And then four-month-old is now, like, just struggling with a cough and just making really, really sad noises all the time as if he's, like, some sort of dying hamster or something. I don't know. And, yeah, Yeah. everyone is feeling very sorry for
0: themselves. I'm sitting uh, at a wooden desk and I'm clinging onto it for dear life. Our six-month-old just smiled through... Uh, three-year-old got sick, wife got sick, I got sick, three-year-old just smiled through the whole week, took his bottle, took his breakfast, just kind of laddy-dad the whole way through. It was amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, that's That's the dream. What do you do at the moment
1: when you have... A child who is sick and kind of go to nursery or whatever. I yeah. guess both our wives are at home at the moment anyway. But when you just had the one and when you were both working, what's the, the situation when you get
0: that dreaded yeah. call from the well, it, nursery? Well, it was easier for us because up until April this year, we had granny and granddad down the road and granny was more or less available at a pinch to do child mining and did, indeed was kind of full-time child, child mining for the first while we were living there. So that, wasn't, uh, that was manageable. This last week, it, it felt a lot more real. Uh, three-year-old plus six-month-old, it's a handful to look after. And my wife wasn't really super into the idea of doing it all herself. So we, uh, well, I, collectively, we put in place informal policy at Tito that if your kid's sick, take the time off to look after them. So it's equivalent to a sick day of your own. So on Monday, I... And I came off early and then Tuesday it transpired that a uh, little boy couldn't go to school. So what was I going to do? I couldn't leave him. We don't like we don't have on call babysitting, let alone the ability to pay for that. So I just stayed home and we had to do things during the day we and went to look after a very, very lackluster kid. And it was a, it was full time two parents, two kids, child for for four days. And th- w- apart from the practicality of it, the emotional drain of a kid not getting better and then a wife getting sick and then me getting sick, it's just it, everything felt like it was falling apart.
1: Yeah, I feel that. So one of the things that helped us deal with it this time a little bit better perhaps is we just went with... Uh, the two-year-old that he normally he gets about half an hour of tv if that kind of a day and then at the weekend if he's been really really kind of busy and running around all morning and seems like physically exhausted and just kind of sitting in one place then we might let him watch a bit more but when he was sick he just didn't want to move and he just wanted to sit on the sofa and lie there so he may as well watch some tv and film and stuff so i think he got through cars two and three and finding dory and the animals, which is any of the BBC natural documentary okay, David Attenborough nice. type things, where you have to find find the animals and fast forward through the boring <laughs> bits with plants or beautiful vistas or animals that are not very interesting, and find more
0: big bad wolves, which is what a coyote is and such like. Excellent. Yeah, a lot we what we we sat through a lot of shows we, we, we try to limit screen time I, it's, it's a bit difficult for me because you can end up very hypocritical and we are to a large degree con- consumers of television and televised products and we sit and watch an awful lot of stuff and so we're not exactly good role models for limiting screen time particularly with phones so it would be my opinion that if we were to to limit screen time on philosophical terms for our kids, then we should be held to the same standards. And I think that screen time is important. And I think that you can, for, there's a lot of things that can be learned in screen time and there's a lot of feeding of an imagination that, that happens. So not altogether against screen time, but yeah, sick, sicky screen time is extreme screen time. That little boy was, he watched a lot I mean,
1: with screen time, my two-year-old's not quite at this stage yet, but the thing I always got frustrated about screen time when I was younger, which I want to try and enforce a bit more when he's a bit older, is the difference between passive and active screen time. So, I mean, you and I both work in technology, and if you're sitting at a desk kind of writing code for something which makes a bunch of other people's lives easier, it it feels a little bit puerile to refer to that as screen time. It is technically screen time, but you know what I mean. The difference between that... And watching somewhat educational TV content versus watching, say, advertising that we've touched on in the past. I feel like all this stuff, it's kind of a spectrum and kind of thinking about, well, how can you get that stuff to be the most perhaps, interesting or productive screen time. But then, I I don't think there's anything wrong with as well. Like, one of the podcasts my wife listens to kind of says, there's no sense being, well, every minute they watch the the screen, you need to be sitting there watching them with them. Because sometimes, screen time is actually really useful for, you need to make dinner. And in in my two-year-old's case, if he figures out that he's getting pasta that day, we'll go, pasta, 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 continuously for half an hour. Or he can just watch some TV and, like, chill out. And you feel like it's actually... Nicer for everyone involved for there to be a period of relaxation where someone can watch screen time and the other person can use the facility <laughs> yeah. to actually make some food yeah. rather than it being a, a battle. There
0: are those fantasies of family moments that you wish could last forever that we, one of the things I put on. So I try to mix it between YouTube, which we've discussed before, which is On the whole, pretty mindless. Although there are some great channels out there that I think are wonderfully uh, educational and entertaining, YouTube and then uh, Netflix or other on-demand or TV, which is shows, cartoons, like things that we love, and then other TV stuff and and the big TV as opposed to the the small screen or the iPad or whatever the computer. But I I noticed that on-demand on the TV was the Junior Bake Off, and I thought that maybe this would resonate with the kid because we had done some baking <laughs> i was that was and again like i feel like if there's some screen time and then there's some hands-on team time i mean he wasn't very into the baking but he he stirred some things and we made a little marble cake and and so we had done some baking so i sat down with the bake-off and my wife sat down and the baby was there and the four of us were in the room together watching the junior bake-off and three-year-old was interested maybe for about five minutes and for those five minutes my wife was just like this is my idea of perfection my family sitting around <laughs> watching baking shows <laughs> but it wasn't quite enough to keep his interest yeah no it, it is not oh, if you no. can get that that
1: stage of unity with everyone together is nice i, I think that's the thing i think it's just and I, I guess that's the benefit both of us have with having
0: kids that are I'm sure, you know, certainly when they've both been sick. How did you deal with, with work and sick time? Are you able to take time off?
1: Well, so this week I've been on vacation. So that's been like a nice way of dealing huh. with it. I have pre-planned well, that was a vacation. Coincidence. Where, yeah, so that was, a, that was a coincidence. And then last week I with working for an American company, sort of shifted my hours a bit and kind of worked I would say pretty normally and just sort of try to support my wife kind of how I could I think with her being on maternity leave at the moment like she did kind of the bulk of it when we've both been at work and it's happened in the past we tend to just do like a day about and then our parents if they are around and able to help they do kind of like a day about as well so generally you can get about four days where you're each doing like only kind of one day every four my employer has always been pretty good about stuff like that i definitely think in future though it would be something i would be factoring in you know it's not obviously you don't plan for having taking time off for your kids being sick but you know if you were if i was in some early stage startup where everyone else was a 20 something single dude who didn't have any kids and didn't have any plans for having any for the foreseeable future you know if you're Having to kind of take these days every so often, and then I think the the added bit is, you know, having people who get that it's like the opposite of Mm. (laughs) like having a holiday. That when you're at home looking after a sick (laughs) child, you would rather be at work. Most probably, like everyone would rather be not in this situation right now. The child would
0: rather not be sick. You would rather every morning and not have a sick child. We and prepared our kid for that he was going back to school the next day and every day we had to make the decision that he wasn't well enough (laughs) yeah
1: oh that's a shame i mean we we got we're actually kind of sort of had the other way around where like he on monday because he seemed on friday he was definitely not well enough and then on monday he, he was back but i was convinced he was gonna get sent home and it was only by the end of the day when we're like oh Oh, he's not been sent home for being too sick. Like that's kind of shocking. I mean, thankfully our nursery uh, nursery's just, you know, less than a five minute walk round the corner. So it's not really any bother if they if they send him home from that perspective. But yeah, no, it was very very nice that he kind of made it through the day. And a little bit more
0: wobbly than normal at a drop off, but things So fun. Um, Where do you stand on this idea that getting sick is good for kids and it builds up their immune system and they, going to crash or Monty or whatever ultimately benefits them because they never get sick later? I mean, I I, I know a little bit about the, the science or the immunology science and I don't really want to believe it, but I mean, it feels like there's some merit to that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i not really sure on terms of, like, actually getting sick or not. I guess the, the one that we have done somewhat in principle and somewhat being British and somewhat having a dog in the house is, like, not being super, like, clean. So, like, you know, there's we have a dog who runs around and puts stuff in her mouth and licks things and people and everything like that. And we're not, you know, we try and discourage her from doing that too the The boys, but we're not like super kind of precious about it, and they do say mm-hmm. i think it's oh, i'm going to probably butcher this, but I think it's something like having a you know an an animal in your house, a dog or a cat, or whatever means that children are more mm-hmm. likely to get more illness when they're younger, but then and I think the same with like nursery or daycare or whatever. They're more likely to get more is when they're younger, but then it sort of builds up their immune system a bit better in, <laughs> in the longer term. I mean, I, I don't, I can't say that it's super like intentional either way, really, but it okay. feels like it's just, it's the type of thing that you kind of, you know, yeah. you can look at it as some sort of pro for hopefully the future of saying like oh well this
0: you know once they make an immunity yeah. to this particular and then it, and it the runs bowl, into the antibiotic thing so anytime our kid gets sick uh i uh, i uh, uh, grandparent or my sister's a nurse she said oh he needs to be on antibiotic and if you go and read about it it, the the, anywhere official sources so i love looking at your nhs documentation because it's so well written and it's really well presented and it's very easy to go to go through and it's written in really really um, easy to follow terms and the nhs Basically, so, and again, again, like the Irish advisory on treating colds, flus, and th- those kind of system, system or symptoms is that 90% of these things are viral. The actual chances of it being bacterial are quite low. And in the majority of cases, an antibiotic will do more harm in terms of building up resistance than it would in treating any symptoms, which is uh, totally reasonable. And I mean, I, there's nothing more I like than digesting science and statistics and leaning back and letting it let letting things that i can't see happen but <laughs> the the last couple of times that our kid has gotten sick in this way he hasn't gotten better himself and i think this is now his fourth antibiotic and on friday he he had a head cold and then he wasn't getting the doctor said it would, it would get better in two days he was at the end of it and it didn't get better it went into his chest he had this old man cough and friday afternoon he prescribed the antibiotic we went and got it gave him two doses that night and i swear he coughed maybe like 60% less that night and, and was a different child going to bed and waking up the following morning. And I'm just scratching my head. I'm like, was what was this a case where he got he got an infect, a bacterial infection? Or was it a placebo? But like he's not aware of taking it. Maybe it is a placebo. What's going on? I I it's it's sort of stressful. Okay. It seems to me like
1: that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because I, I mean, I think you're because antibiotics have been so overprescribed. You you get in a situation where, as you say, both you and medical professionals tend to assume it doesn't require antibiotics by default. And we, yeah, we. I mean, we've had I think one or two cases where now two year old has ended up kind of in hospital and got prescribed antibiotics, and then that's been the thing that has cleared it up. Like he had like I think a legit chest infection before. Thankfully, this time round with him. He, so he had a bad habit that i think this is the first almost like bug like this where he's not had this where he would when he would get a bit sick lost his appetite which is fine and normal but then he would refuse to drink as well and that's where like you know the doctors are like okay well you cannot eat much right. we're talking about for a few days but if you're not drinking anything then that's where you need to go in and they'll potentially like IV or whatever and they always manage to you know get him drugged up enough and give him sugar water such that he can get him drinking again but it's always you know a bit stressful when you end up like actually in kind of the hospital it's one of those funny things as well i find with with children in that you know as a kind of relatively active relatively kind of healthy 30 something dudes with no real long-term health conditions you know if you go to the doctor and you complain about something they're like pretty much like yeah whatever Whereas if if you have like any concerns about your children, I don't know how it is in Ireland, but in the UK at least, like you are taken yeah. extremely seriously, and they will, you know, if anything, almost like over extend the kind of help to make sure that there's nothing wrong with your kind of child and particularly when it's like a a young baby or whatever you know you can pretty much go into the the doctor and say like i've just got a weird feeling and they're acting a bit different and they'll run like a bar will say uh, there are two
0: strands to to my thinking on that one is that recently in ireland we've brought in uh, free gp care for kids under six, and I think it's recently been extended to under eight, and so it's it's NHS equivalent for kids up to the point where we get, you get a prescription, you still have to pay for the prescription. So the antibiotic was twelve euro. In the income bracket, the, the privileged income bracket that we are like paying for a prescription is is not a problem for me. But I have to say, I mean, the comfort and the convenience of having free childcare is amazing. But because it's limited to kids our GPs aren't oversubscribed so what we found living in the UK was that we would say oh we would call up and say our kid's sick could he be looked at and they say oh the earliest appointment is next Thursday and it's like what eight days for an appointment and if you pushed you could get it in a different surgery you go to urgent care or whatever but so far where we are our, our, our GP surgery is 30 seconds walk away and we've had same day appointments three times in the last month at no cost to us and it's just, it's just like in the same way as do you prescribe antibiotic or not is emotionally stressful the comfort of knowing that you can go and have a doctor see your child and not have to pay for it. it's just it's over it's 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 you can feel it in your soul and i just but there are so many ways like that in which society as a whole can help make people's or parents lives better and and that to me that's just a palpable example of it and I, it, it's a relatively new thing in ireland and I, I could not support the idea the concept more it's been so helpful
1: I mean, that sounds like a no-brainer, for particularly for little kids. Um, thankfully, I mean, we've had better experiences with the NHS where whenever we've needed anything related to kind of sick children, it's been dealt with the same day. But again, I guess a, a funny thing, I mean, most people in the UK don't really know this. I mean, most I was seeing chat the other day that it's debatable whether (laughs) politicians on the campaign trail know this, that there is, in some ways, there is no such thing as the the NHS. There is an NHS in England and Wales, and there's the NHS in Scotland, and they are separate, and they are completely run by different institutions and, you know, they're managed differently, and all the policies and procedures are, they have,
0: I think, some shared... Kind of almost like. You, I mean, you effectively have a an little bit ideologically and deal with lined, group, devolved parliament. And and certainly with with uh, a social demo- just a social democratic party leading it. It's unsurprising to hear that that, <laughs> that yeah. system is yeah is in place. Um,
1: yeah, it works a bit better, and yeah, because they've they've started. I think I can't remember what the number is that you get kind of free a certain amount of free childcare when your kid is three years old over here now i think it's maybe 20 or 30 hours a week from three plus and again you can debate the kind of tax cost and yada 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 but i mean purely from a kind of policy perspective it seems pretty amazing that you know, the amount of free childcare you're kind of providing to parents. And it just means that if you have families that can't afford to pay for nursery childcare, that they can then potentially get back to work if they want to do that, like, two years earlier than so they would I, do I, they were, mean, kind of, I waiting for school. I'm
0: willing to be it's, proven it's, wrong it's by statistics or, or studies, um, but it, I was always, uh, you know, the argument that resonated with me was look after your people. Preventative healthcare is, is much more effective than than uh, reactive healthcare when things ultimately go wrong because you haven't looked after people from a young age. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree.
1: Speaking of uh, school stuff as well, I don't know if you're as weird as me with this stuff where, because of kind of catchment areas and the way everything works over here, kind of we've known like what schools the boys would end up in know since before we had them um so it's kind of funny i was going on the the website for uh, what would be their high school i guess at this point you're talking at least eight years before either of them are going there but it was kind of cool just like clicking around and seeing like all the the after school clubs they had a a, like an anime after school club and then a parkour after school club as well and i thought man this is this is pretty
0: neat that they're, they're doing school. all this stuff. We actually got a interview with a uh, school for our three-year-old. We, it's it's very tricky. He's got a little classmate, a little buddy, who he calls his best friend. I mean, I think, I guess, they're, they're, they get on really well and they talk to each other and play with each other, so they're best friends. And they've made a little pact. They've made a little three- and four-year-old pact that they'll sit beside each other when they go to big school together. And it's broken my heart because the school that that little boy is going to our three-year-old is one day over the cutoff to get into that school so it's an, it's it's going to be impossible for them to be in the same school together on the other hand that school was not our first choice school and the one that is our first choice we do we've got an interview in with in next month and we're going to go do that, and it, it's very tricky for us because he'll be four and a half going to school, and oh my goodness if 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 treating your kids is is a subject or a can of worms, what age they go to school at is oh ask anyone, and they'll have a different opinion yeah, that's. <laughs> I
1: mean, over here again, we don't have any sort of choice in that stuff. I mean, even the kind of local school thing, i don't think you have a choice, so our local state like school, what you would call double- state school you basically are assigned yeah don't so yeah, the state school is run by the state and it's public <laughs> private so in the uk parlance public school is the fancy fancy boarding schools like eton places like that so yeah it's all very confusing but yeah so the the local state school basically you are assigned there based on where you live and I think if you're right on the cusp between multiple or your kid has like special needs or whatever then I think you can sort of request to go to another one but it's it's more or less I think pre-decided for you which means you get the sure, inevitable yeah. thing where everyone kind of tries to move into the right areas with the right schools and stuff like that but yeah but it's, it's kind of funny and, and nice in some ways that we do not have, I guess, friends down, down south in, in the UK, like where you sort of, as you say, like trying to like choose between the schools or whatever. Um, although Edinburgh, the city I'm in is unusual in some regard and we have 25% of kids here go to private schools and so like a a very very high proportion and it's kind of somewhat funny that my wife and I have sort of Hmm. debated about this and I went to private school and don't want my kids to go there and she went to state school and would rather that they went to private school so we sort of settled in the middle and sort of
0: lived in a place with a half decent state school nearby. We've effectively had the decision made for us because we call them national schools and private schools but our choice is between between so we we can't he can't get into the national school because he's a day over the over over the limo or a day over the the day he ought to be so he he can't go there until he's five and a half so that leaves the private school which is a completely different cutoff day (laughs) so the cutoff in the national school is april and the private school is september so he would be Four and a half going to the private, or five and a half going to the national school. So we just had the decision effectively made for us, which is tricky. So the choice for us is the fee paying school, and he can go next year, or the national school, and he would have to wait for an extra year. And at that point, you're you're weighing up emotional readiness and intellectual readiness, and you got to make a decision. And yeah, it's it's not an easy one to. Wrap up
1: on a on a pleasant note, and um, that's definitely something I've thought. With two young children who were both crying and, and very upset and ill at the same time, I've it definitely made me think. <laughs> I love them both very much, but I'm going to book a vasectomy in the next six months because <laughs> I am not having number wow. three. I am done, for done, done it. with two. Thanks for listening to Balancing Dads. You can find us on Twitter at Balancing Dads and me at Mike McQuaid.
0: You can find Paul on Twitter at PaulCA. Have a good week.